Welcome back to Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. Andrew, typical fashion, will be late. Or, yeah, he'll be late. I have oh, no man. idea. He, he he will be here. Um, and he was the one, again, he was excited to uh, record this episode. Or, yes. you know, he, for, for the first time, I think, in years, <laughs> he texted us saying, when are we recording? Ugh. So, that's right. He'll get here when he gets here. But... Our Minnesota Vikings undoubtedly played their worst offensive game of the entire season. Uh, It's probably one of the worst games we've watched as fans in the Kevin O'Connell era. I I mean, I I can't remember the last time where it was just four turnovers and a single touchdown all game. Uh, That level of performance, it's been a while. Yeah, I, I can't really, I can't think of a game even in the Zimmer era, that was so bad, especially at home, especially versus a team that you have no right losing to. So no, this was really, really bad. And I, yeah, I can't think of one worse than this one. Yeah, I, I bet probably not during the Kirk Cousins time has there been this bad of an offensive performance. I don't think so. So I really, no. Um. Yeah. Terrible. I mean, we lost twelve ten. Didn't give up a single touchdown defensively. It is the first uh, game in which a team has not scored a touchdown and won in the entire NFL this season. First time that the Bears have done that since nineteen ninety three. So thirty years. Um. We are now six and six. Back down to the seven seed, Green Bay is only a, I think, pretty much a game uh, behind us at this point. Because even as we enter our bye, if they win next week, we'll both be six and six, but we'll still have that tiebreaker because we beat them at the end of uh, about a month ago. So, no, th- this was a terrible, terrible win. Or, I'm sorry, a terrible, terrible loss. Mm-hmm. Um, you had an opportunity to be three and zero in the division headed into the bye, well above 500 or two games above 500 feeling much more com- comfortable, confident. You can get that disgusting Broncos loss out of, uh, out of your mouth. But now here you are with an even more disgusting loss mm-hmm. um, headed into the bye. You're now 500 with a big fat question mark as your quarterback. <laughs> yeah. Dobbs was horrible. And there's no defending it. The idea that the Vikings found something with him that seven other NFL teams hadn't noticed before is out the door. Mm-hmm. He's as, as bad as we all feared. Uh, four interceptions, it easily could have been six. <laughs> like, yeah, he had a pick that should have been a pick six. That first play of the game was very close. He threw the ball into double coverage, and Addison made a nice play to not have that ball get intercepted. He turned the ball over three times last week against Denver. Was I it? believe so. Two fumbles and a pick. Yep. So he's now turned the ball over seven times the last two games. He has the same number of interceptions as Kirk Cousins in half the number of games and half the number of passes. Yeah. Um, I didn't see where he ranks among, you know, other 
uh, quarterbacks in the NFL, but I bet he is probably up there, up towards the top in just overall turnovers between the fumbles and the interceptions. Um, well, 13 interceptions, I think that might lead the league. He had, he had eight with Arizona. Yeah, he has 13 interceptions. Ugh. Um, yeah, uh, we kind of talked about it two weeks ago when the Dobbs magic was happening. Uh, we we knew it wasn't going to con- we didn't we knew he wasn't going to continue to play at that level of just like you know not perfection but like he he looked really really good he looked comfortable he looked confident he looked like a quarterback that could win you games mm-hmm. uh, we knew that type of level of play wasn't going to continue throughout the entire season I'll be honest I was not expecting this type of play at all like literally just throwing the ball up um under throwing under throwing guys consistently like you said he could have easily had six interceptions that game um couldn't tell you the last time a vikings quarterback threw four interceptions or has had seven turnovers in back in in, in two weeks of play um i i, I cannot remember i i was not expecting this this poor level of performance from Josh Dobbs. No, it's been bad. I'm sorry. I was wrong. He has 13 interceptions in his career. I don't know why they showed career numbers when you looked him up, but he has 10 interceptions this season. I think that puts him third most in the NFL, mm-hmm. fourth most in the NFL in terms of interceptions. Um, But he already has five interceptions with the Vikings in two games started. Yep. Five with the Cardinals in whatever it was, seven games started. Yep. Yeah. So the turnovers well, we feared were going to be bad, and they've actually gotten worse. <laughs> well, I, I hate to, to sh- and we'll get into the nitty gritty as well. But like, once again, you lost by two points, and you had a negative two turnover ratio. You turned the ball over four times, and you only lost by two points. So yeah. you cut those turnovers in half, you're winning that football game. Even though offensively we looked terrible, I think, you know, there there are a few times where a turnover came when we actually were moving the ball somewhat downfield. Um, so, yeah, you 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 even the turnover level, and you'll see, you know, Kevin O'Connell continue to get his uh, undefeated record. Where if you just are even or win the turnover margin, Kevin O'Connell is undefeated. And I think that would happen again yesterday if Josh Dobbs cut his interceptions in half. Yeah. But now you see that this isn't this isn't what it was at the beginning of the year where it was the first three games. You're like, you, you figure it out. It's it's gonna stop. You're gonna get better. It's clearly come back now. So they have not figured it out because it's it's come back. Turnovers are a huge issue now, again, and they lead yeah, the league again in, in turnovers. Um, yeah. You're not gonna, you're not going to make the playoffs or be a competitive team if you lead the league in turnovers. You know, I, I would love to go back to last season and be like, what were the who were the top five teams in terms of turning the ball over last year? I bet they were all top ten draft picks. You know, say, I don't know. Wait, say that. Say that one more time. I said I would assume that the the teams who were um, top five and turning the ball over. Oh, oh, 
I assume all of those teams drafted in the top 10 of last year's draft. Uh, okay. I, I, I hear what you're saying now. Let's uh let's quick peek. Just overall turnovers or like turnover differential? Well, just overall turnovers. Okay. Um the team that turned the ball over the most was the Indianapolis Colts, which okay. correct was the top five. Houston Texans, top five. Weirdly enough, the Buffalo Bills, yeah. uh, then the Chicago Bears, top five. And then your fifth one was the uh, New Orleans Saints, which obviously they they were not. Uh, they were not very good last year. No. Sounds but, good. yeah, I mean, three of five teams got a top five pick, and they turned the ball over the most. Yeah. And now, obviously, you're looking at this year, we lead the NFL in turnovers. Um we're not even close to getting a top five pick. Weirdly enough, though, the next team are the Cleveland Browns, also a seventh seed in the AFC. So, yeah. but then you look at the commanders who are, you know, pretty bad, the Bears who are pretty bad, and then the Raiders who are pretty bad. So yeah. you never know. One thought, one thing I found that I thought was interesting. Uh, so I was looking because, again, our offense. Besides the last two weeks, throughout the entire season, we're, you know, top half uh, offensively in points per game and yards per game. So yards per game were 10th, points per game were 14th. So I just averaged us out to 12th for offensive uh, production. The defense, yards per game, 13th, points per game is now 8th. We are 8th in the NFL in, in, in points per game allowed defensively. So again, I just averaged us to 11th. So we have... Both sides of the ball, offensively and defensively, were a top 12 mm-hmm. overall team, okay? Now, there are only six other teams in the entire NFL that has both a top 12 offense and a top 12 defense. Mm-hmm. Do you know what those teams are? Could you guess? I'd say the Chiefs are on that list. Correct. Uh, I'd say Miami. Correct. Eagles. Not the Eagles. Oh, okay. Uh, not the Eagles. San Francisco. Correct. Okay. Uh, Detroit. Correct. There's two more. Two. Uh, three more. But yeah. Three. Uh, Baltimore. Correct. I, I don't think it. Let's say Buffalo. Buffalo is also wow. one of them. That surprises me. And then the last one's Dallas. Dallas. But- okay. One thing that I want to share, Ravens, Cowboys, Chiefs, Niners, Dolphins, Lions, all are eight wins or more. They're either eight and three or nine and three. And then you have us and the Buffalo Bills at six and six. The the only other teams in the entire NFL that have a top 12 offense and defense. So I just What do those two teams have in common? They turn the ball over at an insane rate. Josh and, and, and for whatever reason, both teams are just completely cursed. cursed. I I had heard that the Bills are the you know AFC Vikings, and I didn't really I didn't really believe it for a long time. Now I now I probably do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they Josh Allen is zero uh, and six in his career in overtime games. Um, you know the Bills have they're zero and four in the Super Bowl. They made it to the uh, AFC Championship game at least what twice with Allen now. Yeah, I think. lost lost both times, um, and now you look at again top twelve 
offense or a top 12 team on both sides of the ball, everyone other than us and the bills are leading their division or are one of the best teams in the NFL. Yeah. So it's just like, it is, it is that simple. Stop turning the ball over and you, you just, you win. You have so much, so much more opportunities to win and finish these football games. Yeah, you eliminate one turnover in each game, and you're talking about this team being probably nine and three at worst. That was that was my spicy bite last week. Was that you literally just cut your turnovers in half, and I bet we are a second or third seed in the NFC, leading the NFC North. Yeah, Um, and it sounds like a broken record, but that that is what it comes down to. I mean, that's, that is the only thing that is preventing us from, from winning football games. So, all right. Uh, still no Andrew, but we can continue on here. Uh, let's do some spicy bites. Yeah. Let's start with the negative and then we can go positive. Hayes, you want to start us off with your negative spicy bite? So my negative spicy is uh, the Vikings will miss the playoffs if they continue to start Josh Dobbs at quarterback. Um, I said it last week. I don't think Kevin O'Connell trusts Josh Dobbs to run his offense. It was shown again with the conservative play calling. It was shown in the post-game press conference when he said he considered taking him out. When he's saying he's considering starting someone else in two weeks. So I, I think Josh Dobbs, turnovers is something you cannot fix with a guy like him. And considering he's already now in his fourth year in the league, that's just something that's going to stick with him. They don't have enough time to figure it out in the next five weeks. I think if the Vikings want to make the playoffs, if they're hoping to, you know, sneak in as a six or seven seed, Nick Mullins gives them their best shot to make the playoffs. But I wouldn't even want that. I'd like to see what they have in in Jaron Hall right out the next five weeks. I'd rather the Vikings see what they have in Hall and go seven and ten then continue to play with Dobbs and maybe sneak in as a seven seed at eight and nine. Yeah. Or nine and eight. Oh my goodness. Yes, Andrew, we understand you're an idiot. You can say it as many times as you want. Here she comes. She is so dumb. Wow. He is 20 minutes late. Gosh. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Do you have an alarm? Like, is that, that is a thing that Apple provides on your thousand dollar. I don't know why I forget. It's the, I don't know. I don't know why, how I forgot. This one's bad. This one's Just bad. be better. Just be this better. This one's really bad because we planned right. it like three hours ago. I know. <laughs> I need like, yeah. I need to start reminding. I mean, Hayes called it. Just give yourself an alarm at like 255. Just have your phone be super duper loud, like an Amber alert saying like, don't miss don't miss podcast i know um we're talking spicy bites hayes start well we did you know a a couple intro stuff but uh hayes i believe his spicy bite was josh dobbs will not if josh dobbs continues to be the starting quarterback the minnesota vikings will miss the playoffs that was hayes's spicy bite mine is somewhat similar so i won't spend too much time on mine but mine was just straight up josh dobbs will not be a Minnesota Viking in 2024. Um, I I was thinking more future route um, and very similar to what Hayes said. Dobbs is not the quarterback that allows 
Kevin O'Connell to run the offense that he wants to run. Um, I was slightly considering maybe saying like Kevin O'Connell, like my spicy bite being Kevin O'Connell is making Dobbs a worse quarterback. I didn't want to completely say that, but um, Dobbs's skill set and his abilities does not match the type of offense Kevin O'Connell, you know, succeeds at or wants to run. And it's shown now the last two weeks when Dobbs has actually had more time to learn the playbook. And it was the most I've ever seen. He had no issue with, yeah, straight up saying like, yeah, I don't know who my quarterback will be next week or in two weeks from now, which we have not seen from Kevin O'Connell. Typically he's always been a, or he is a player's coach. So for him to kind of say someone's job might be in jeopardy um, was surprising to see. And I think I I had said at one, someone's spicy bite at one point was that Dobbs, no matter what, will be our quarterback for the rest of the year. That might've been me. Um after seeing Kevin again, Kevin O'Connell not give a lot of confidence towards Dobbs. That's le- looking less less spicy, but yeah, mine's similar to Hayes, kind of. But Dobbs will not be a Minnesota Viking in twenty twenty four. I mean, he had four turnovers. One wasn't really his fault, but he also had like multiple other plays that were turnover worthy, and so it was just yeah. like. Pathetic, embarrassing, um, so good spicy bites. My spicy bite would be Kevin O'Connell deserves 0% of the blame on that game. Ooh, um, okay. was the O-line. I mean, most of it was obviously Dobbs, um, but some of it was the O-line too. Like the Vikings were facing one of the worst pass rushes. I know they have sweat now, but still you can't give up that many hurries and pressures. Um, but I think O'Connell's done – a great job this year with like what he's had and yesterday he had nothing and no one was helping him at all like the run game was doing pretty good at times um but like Addison was dropping balls Dobbs was playing the worst we've seen him play obviously um and so I didn't really think that there was much else he could do um I know Hayes and dad hated that final drive before they kicked the field goal but it's like you really expect him to throw it two out of the three plays. Like, I don't know. I just don't think he, I think he's done a great job so far this year with like what he's had. And I mean, not every game is going to be able to, you know, produce um, an offense with Josh jobs as a quarterback. And without I think, defense, I think the defense was helping him a lot. I think the defense has helped him a lot the last two games when they've allowed 12 points off the eight turnovers that the offense has given up. So I think there's a ton to be blamed on O'Connell. O'Connell continues to play to not lose. He doesn't play to win. I said it last week, back-to-back weeks, he's had a drive where if he doesn't be a little conservative coward, they most likely win the game. He chose to be conservative again at home. You're not on the road. The crowd is quiet. I don't care that Dobbs has thrown four interceptions. (laughs) It's time, man. It's time to, in your big creative uh, play calling, to get your best play out, to run it. And if it doesn't work, at least at least you go down swinging. Like, back-to-back weeks, he takes the third strike. He loses them the game, in my opinion. You know, the defense has given up one touchdown in eight quarters. The offense, Fantastic. The offense has turned the ball over eight times in the last eight quarters. You're going to lose games when your offense is that bad. And he's the head of the offense. He's the, I, I think he's 
to blame a lot, and we'll have the pie chart later. I have him with a very, very high percentage. Yeah, it's it, it's uh that's a, a very good spicy bite, Andrew, because I think we kind of do have you have Hayes who yeah just has I think an unnecessary amount of blame towards Kevin O'Connell. I I would not agree that he gets zero percent of the blame. Um, I I kind of am right in the middle because I do hear both sides. You going run into the line, run into the line in a weird little negative screen pass is a very confusing set of play calls where, yeah, first down probably could end it or get you very close to ending it. But I also agree you have a guy who's looked terrible for the previous 55 minutes with four turnovers. Um, You're at your own 40 or whatever it is. Do you really want to are you are you really going to trust a guy with four turnovers um versus your defense who has been unstoppable for the for 55 minutes? So I, I do see both sides. Like I the play calling was infuriating, but I think you could have been a tad more creative than just run into the line, run into the line, weird screen pass. But I I don't think you should have be be I don't think you should have been super aggressive when you've turned the ball over four times. I think if you can't trust him, then he cannot be on the field for that final drive. And he had kept, he, he had said in the post game, I considered pulling Mullins in. If he went into that saying, no matter Dobbs or Mullins, I'm going to run it twice and then throw a screen pass. Okay, then yeah, go with Dobbs. There's no point in putting Mullins in. But if he is so scared of a Josh Dobbs interception, then Dobbs not only should not be starting games, he shouldn't even be on the team flat out. Also, the drive before Dobbs had the best drive of his name. <clears throat> and look, he was finally putting it together. But yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's it's tough. It's I don't think there because you know hindsight's always twenty twenty. It looked terrible. We ended up punt. We ended up having to punt. Terrible punt by Ryan Wright, by the way. Uh, he's been dog shite all season long. He's uh, one of the worst punters. statistically. This isn't like this is actually statistically, he's one of the worst punters in the league. I think he's ranked thirtieth. He is. I was going to. Uh, yeah. This episode, we'll, we'll be doing some new things, doing a pie chart. Each each person here will designate certain percentages of blame to players and coaches. We're also doing a blind blame list between Andrew and Hayes, so they don't know who, what players and coaches I'm going to name. Uh, there might be some guys that should get a lot of blame that might not even be on the list. And I was confused by Hayes' sweater blanket thing as well. It's concerning. <laughs> He looks like an English teacher. Hold in my room. It looks like a massive. It looks like what a like an English teacher would be wrapped up in. Uh, yeah, but um, lost my train of thought there. Oh, hindsight twenty twenty. Because you know, say you're aggressive and Dobbs throws his fifth pick of the game, and the Bears march right down the field and score. You guys would be, I think, not, you'd be blaming Kevin O'Connell once again. He's like, why are you being aggressive when? The defense has been lights out, and Dobbs has been terrible. I, I don't know about that. I don't. Or I, if maybe I, that, I the handoff up I the gut, been. Madison picks up another eleven yard gain, first first down game over. You'd be like, ah, oh, great call, great decision. I yeah, I honestly don't think I would have been that way because of what I said last week. I said I want him to be more aggressive. I said it in my pregame. I said in order to win, you have to play to win and not play mm-hmm. to to not lose. You know, I I honestly, I, from what I've said in the past, I don't think I would have been mad if they went down swinging. All right. He, he is a coward. He is. When it comes to play calling at the end of the game, he is he lacks a killer instinct to yeah. you. And, it, and it's it's getting worse. It's not getting better. It's getting worse. Um 
it, like it's just it's tough it's really tough because you look at games last year he got absolutely killed by green bay dallas philly this year he's lost games he should have he should have won because of bad coaching mistakes. Also has won games he should have lost due to great coaching. One. One. I'd say I'd say Falcons, Saints, we'll 49ers. Those are three right there. He was at home and he had more than you know almost two weeks with Dobbs. I don't think that's a game that he should have lost against the Saints. I mean, I don't know. You, you, like you said, we now know what Dobbs is and he was able to put together a solid game plan and the defense was fantastic against the saints too. Uh, you put up almost 30 points with a guy who had been on the team for 10 days against a very good defense. I think O'Connell's a good head coach, but he lacks what a lot of other coaches have and that's going to hurt him down the road. Cause I Agreed. don't know if that's something you can game i don't know if you can i really i don't know if that's something a coach can can just magically pick up be like okay yep i'm gonna screw whatever everything that i've learned and and go by and and switch it i don't think that's something he can change yeah i mean o'connell has his um pros and cons without a doubt i think his pros is that he is undeniably a a you know, players coach and a culture guy. And I think that is, that has allowed us to win games that we shouldn't have won. And I think he, like you said, he lacks that killer instinct that, that um, Dan Campbell sort of like, I'm just going to do whatever I can to, to win this game approach. And I think that's also cost him games as well. So like, there's, you know, the pros and cons to Kevin O'Connell is his personality has won us games and lost us games, but um. Let's spin it positive, and then we'll start blaming people. How's that sound? Good. Um, positive, spicy bite. Hayes, you want to go first? Yeah, I, I uh, said Brian Flores will be the defensive coordinator for the Vikings next season. I think he'll remain as the DC. I think the Wolves will give him the money. You know, there's no salary cap and how much he can pay a coach, so they'll just give him all the money. I think we're still with the investigation stuff from when he was in Miami. I don't know if teams are going to want to uh, offer him up right away. And for Flores, he can kind of pick where he wants to go. So if he's like, Ugh, I don't want to go to Carolina, that dumpster fire organization, or Chicago, or, you know, I don't know, another team that might be looking for a head coach, maybe one of the New York teams. He can kind of pick. Someone said that the commanders, uh, commanders probably is probably going to fire Rivera. No, I think he's very much like, I'll just wait until – a job I want opens up and I'll just go be the head coach there. All right. Hayes, I'm going to, I'm going to follow you because my spicy, my positive spicy bite is also a Brian Flores take. Um, Brian Flores is the best thing that has happened to the Vikings since they drafted Justin Jefferson in 2020. He has turned around a terrible defense to one of the best in the NFL in a single season. I wanted to look up because I wanted to be specific. Um, last year, our defense was 31st in yards per game given up, 31st of 32, 28th in points per game given up. Uh, the year before that, they were 30th out of 32 in yards per game and 24th out of 32 in points per game. And in just one season, and not with any superstars other than Daniil Hunter, a lot of kind of like B-level players, he has moved this defense to 
10th in yards per game and 8th in yards per game. A bottom three defense to a top 10 defense in 13 games, 12 games. That is the best thing that has happened to the Vikings since Justin Jefferson. Yeah. It's been impressive. It's been really, it's been, been, yeah. Because again, other than Daniil Hunter, you don't have any superstars. No. Yeah. You have rookies and honestly, like I said, B level players. Byron Murphy Jr. is a B-level player. Metellus, B. Harrison Smith this year, honestly, underperforming. Um, love him dearly, but he's he's underperforming. Who else? Again, everyone else, like, they're solid, but he, I think Flores is... I think he's also transformed those guys, too. He's made it to where Harrison Phillips is even better, or is a lot better than he was last year. He's made it to where Jordan Hicks is better than he was last year. Metellus yeah. is better than he was last year. He's making these young guys... You know, Blackman's playing a lot of snaps as a third round rookie and doing it and, and looking good. Well enough, you yeah. know. Um, so yeah, I think the improvement of all the defensive players is because of him coming in and doing exactly what Donatel didn't did, didn't do, and that's uh executing using their talents well, you know. Yeah. Agreed. So yeah, that's that's my spicy bite. Those are good ones. Uh, mine's also defensive. <clears throat> Josh Metellus is not a B-level player, and he's the second best player on the defense. Okay. Is my positive spicy bite. Um, I think after Daniil, he's kind of been the clear favorite for me, at least on the defensive side of the ball. Um, seems like he's always the one getting pressure when they send a blitz. He had two force fumbles and half a sack yesterday, um, which was obviously huge. I know one of the fumbles didn't. I don't think we recovered it, but um, I just feel like he's all over the field. And I think Bynum also played well, but yeah, like you guys said, Smith just really doesn't really do anything. And I think that's because a lot of teams don't take a lot of deep shots on us. Yeah. Um, which I mean, is, they, they don't really have the time to. Yeah. You know, what do? Um, but I thought, especially after last night, Mattel is kind of, I thought he played really well and it was fun to see. And I think he's kind of solidified himself as being, I think the number two player on the defense. All right. I mean, I can't necessarily say I disagree with that uh, take at all. You know, he he is. I I shouted him out during uh, last week's episode, saying how just impressive he has been this year, and he took on a captain role last year. Um, he's I think again either a fifth or a sixth round draft pick, and just every single season has gotten significantly better. He's young. He's fast. Um, yeah, that's a that's a very sound, agreeable, spicy bite. I don't think it's all that spicy, to be honest. It's just a bite. KJ Osborne had the same amount of tackles as Harrison Smith last night, if you're wondering. <laughs> Is that really, a though, a, a good thing for KJ Osborne? It means that we've turned the ball over that much that he's tackling. That zero or that one? I'm not saying, it, I'm not saying it's good at all. Um, all right, those are... All truly, they're they're good spicy bites. I'm curious to see how how this next new thing is going to go. Maybe we'll be one and done. It'll be terrible. Um, but again, I have five people, things, whatever. So do I. What do you mean? We're not doing the pie chart yet, Hayes. Oh. <laughs> I just want to see where you guys would rank these people for. You know, one gets the most blame. Fifth 
gets the least amount of blame. And again, you don't know who I'm going to select. Okay. One of the guys could be Metellus. One could be Daniil Hunter. You don't know. So uh, I'll just name a guy. You guys say where you want to rank them in terms of blame. So first one, Ryan Wright. One through five. Hayes. First is the most. One is the most blame. Five is the least blame. Four. Hayes Hayes says four. Andrew says three. You guys want to elaborate at all or we just wait till the end? I'll wait till the end. Okay. Number two, Byron Murphy Jr. Fifth. I'd put him at third. Jordan Addison. Two. Yep, two. Wow. So you guys are both saying he gets the second most blame. Yep. Yep. The offensive line. Hayes, you have your number one spot and your number five spot remaining. Y'all have to put the line at five. Okay. Andrew said one. Andrew said offensive line gets the most. Yes. All right, so I have one more person I'm going to say, Hayes, this person's getting the most amount of blame in your opinion. All right, it's probably Daniel Hunter or something stupid like that. Andrew, you have the fourth. So you're saying the offensive line, Jordan Addison and Ryan Wright will get more blame than this individual. You guys ready? Joshua Dobbs. Good. So Hayes, your, your list, and I just want you to see if you agree or disagree with, again, your blind ranking. You didn't know mm-hmm. who I was going to go. Hayes, you said Dobbs gets the most blame, followed by Addison, followed by Byron Murphy Jr., Ryan Wright, and the offensive line. Would you switch any of that around? Only thing I'd switch around is the offensive line and Byron Murphy Jr. Okay. All right. Good deal. Andrew, your list, you said – the the grouping that gets the most amount of blame is the offensive line followed then by Jordan Addison, then Ryan Wright, then Joshua Dobbs, then Byron Murphy Jr. Would you switch any of that around? No. (laughs) All right. This, this will then transition nicely into again, Hayes's idea of the pie chart of blame out of a hundred percent, you will break it up into slices and percentages uh purple daily does this uh they i i love it i think it's it's a great way to break 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 up blame um because again i don't it's you know it's a it's a team loss but there are certain people and factors that create a lot of the uh, of the blame so um yeah we'll probably do both things moving forward in losses and we'll have to think of something a little bit more creative in wins yeah. But hey, do you want to start us off since this is kind of your idea and you seem excited by it? Yeah. Um, so I have five people, five slices. The first slice is five percent to Ryan Wright. Um, his last punt was horrible. He is a horrible punter in general. You guys put him top ten last year, top ten Viking last year. He is a bum. Um, and I don't even think he's going to punt for us next year. I think he's going to be he'll, – he'll get the opportunity in training camp, but he's just he's, he's just a bum. He's just a bum. He's a baby-faced, so- soft boy, 350-pound <laughs> bum. 
like <laughs> maybe get kicking a little more and lay off whatever he's putting on. Uh, 5% to the offensive line. Yep. But I, I don't think it was as horrible as Andrew was portraying it to be. They were bad. They, But I still think your eyes are deceiving you because Josh Dobbs hold on to the ball for 25 seconds every time he snaps, every time he takes a snap. So the offensive line was not good. There was a lot of uh, clips where you see Darisa standing around not doing anything. Ed Ingram getting bulldozed over. Uh, Brian O'Neill getting Brian, sh- Brian O'Neill got beat multiple times. Um, so it was a bad game by the offensive line. So that's five percent to them. I have ten percent to Jordan Addison. You know he had the pass where people were saying uh, Josh Dobbs threw the ball too hard. Well, you're a first round yeah. wide receiver and hit both your hands. You should catch it. Um, the first play, he's the reason that it wasn't a pick on that first throw. He made a an effort to make a catch in double coverage and almost came away with it. So that was nice. But also that last, that last deep throw, he's got to do a better job tracking that ball. You know, and I understand it wasn't the best throw by Dobbs, but he's just got to stop his motion. The defender is down on the ground injured. You got to stop. You got to track the ball. You got to keep your feet in bounds. You got to make that catch. Um, Cause if he does a better job tracking that he makes the catch, he even said it post game. I should have made the catch. I should have stayed in bounds. But I think he gets some, some blame. And again, he he's, I think, done what we hoped he could do with Jefferson out. But he's still a rookie, so he's he's only going to get better. But he's a first-round pick, and I just I don't think he's been great the last couple weeks. Okay. I Keep have 30% to Joshua Dobbs. 30% you said? 30% to Joshua Dobbs. He cannot start another game. He cannot. Um, and you could say, well, it's just it's one bad game. It's one bad game. Or even it's two bad games, two bad games. When you're as bad historically as Joshua Dobbs is, you don't get two bad games and you don't get to keep playing after two bad games. Yeah, I would even argue it's it's more than just a bad game. I mean, it was yeah. one of the worst uh quarterback performances we've seen, I've seen if if ever. Uh, no, uh, Josh Freeman is still the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen, but it's up there. It's it's top five, you know, one of the worst quarterback performances. It's the worst Vikings quarterback performances of all time, um, or at least in the 21st century. So this has been – it was fun for the two weeks, and now the Cinderella story is over. It's time to stop with Dobbs. Um, four interceptions easily could have been six. He turns the ball over at an unbelievable rate, and he's just not smart. He's, it's like he's a rookie out there, yet he's a four-year NFL vet. You know, he's falling backwards, taking a sack, he just launches it in the air. No care in the world what the hell is going to happen to the ball. Mm-hmm. 30% to him, and I have 50% to O'Connell. <laughs> I was just waiting for it. 50% to O'Connell. For the second consecutive week, His he's a coward, and it showed up late. Um. You see coaches in the NFL who have who have killer instincts and who play to win. Dan Campbell, Andy Reid, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Mike McDaniel, Nick Sirianni, you know, uh, Matt LaFleur. Like, these are guys who play to win. They don't play to not lose like O'Connell, okay? O'Connell, you're supposed to be this offensive mastermind, this offensive genius, and he's, the last two weeks, has had to rely on Brian Flores to pick up his dirty diaper and and – I don't know, put it back on him because I think O'Connell pooped his pants last week 
and then put the poopy pants back on for this last game last night and it was terrible. So um he's gonna be wearing his house is gonna stink the next couple of weeks. I feel bad for his wife and for his children, but well, he has a newborn, so it probably just smells the same. Yeah, I, my the newborn's gonna be changing the dad pretty soon because O'Connell's pooping himself very Man, this you would have thought we had dad on this podcast with just the absolute Kevin O'Connell slander that is occurring right now. I'm I'm not a, I'm not a big Kevin O'Connell guy. I'm not a big fan of the hated Zimmer outside, too. Like, hey Josh, it's okay. I knew you threw your fourth pick of the game. Don't worry about it, big guy. We'll get him next time. We'll he did not. Time, I would not say Kevin looked fine with Dobbs's fourth pick, or did not look to be buddy buddy with Dobbs at the end of the day. Sometimes you do have to get mad. You do have to say, hey, all of you guys are making millions of millions of dollars. You're the supposedly the best of the best. I'm an offensive genius. And you put up, what, 33 points the last 10 quarters? Mm-hmm. It's unacceptable. Um, Did you? He's, he's, I'm not a fan of him right now. And I wouldn't even consider him a top 10 coach in the NFL. Did you watch any of his post-game conference? I watched the stuff about the quarterback talk. That was it. Okay. I mean, it was probably the the least like like I gotta take accountability type um press conference that I've seen of him. It seemed a little bit more like this is embarrassing. Like there's no way, no reason we should be even competitive in these games with how our offense is performing. And like just very it was the first time where it just kind of like right before the question started, he's like, and it starts with me. Like he had to like mutter it just he's like, I have to keep with this slogan, but even now I don't know if I believe it. Like, I think, I mean, look what he's dealt. He has dealt a third string quarterback. And again, like, yeah, I do think, and once I get to my part, I'll, you'll see there is some blame for Kevin O'Connell, but I think you also have to look at what he's given. He is now, he, he, he is given a third string quarterback that doesn't run the offense that he is used to running. Then you no. gotta switch it, and he, Agreed. Got, he didn't do that yesterday. And and he looked I, at Josh Dobbs yesterday as a pocket passer, mm-hmm. two design runs for Dobbs. We saw it when you did a play action rollout with Dobbs, and you got him outside the pocket moving around. He looked a lot better. Yeah, and you go back to that, and and the big thing for me was that last drive. It was because of how conservative it was. You got to, again just play to win. You're facing the Bears. He has no trust in his offense at all, clearly, and that's really really scary. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not saying anything that is, you know, the, all that argumentative other than just the 50% blame to Kevin O'Connell. But I would I would agree that final drive, the lack of killer instinct, uh even though you are an offensive-minded head coach, uh putting up 10 points against one of the worst defenses in the NFL is embarrassing at home. Um regardless of who your quarterback is and how many times he turns the ball over, you, you know, you need to be adaptive and you need to create opportunities to, you know, you have to do what Brian Flores is doing. Use the skill set of the players you you have. Um, Yeah. Not just, yeah, obviously you use your strengths, you know, your style of of coaching and your offensive uh, play calls to an extent, but you also have to, yeah, roll out designated quarterback uh, runs um, creative, you know, end of routes. Like I, I'd love to see Brandon Powell touch the ball a little bit more frequently. Um, so yeah. 
Okay, okay, okay. I'll go. I'll go. And then Andrew can go. Um, so I guess, Hayes, quick, real quick. You had said it was Ryan Wright. Just give us your final summary, and then I'll, I'll say mine. Ryan Wright, 5%. Offensive line, 5%. Jordan Addison, 10%. Josh Dobbs, 30%. Kevin O'Connell, 50%. Kep. Um, I have all those same guys, plus one. And obviously the, the percentages are slightly different. So Ryan Wright also 5% blame. That final punt was atrocious. 26 yards, pin them inside the 15 bare minimum. They started at, I believe it was the 22. Um, he is, as you said, statistically one of the worst punters in the NFL. He has the third most touchbacks where the ball, you know, enters the end zone when you could just pin him inside the 20 and the fifth fewest inside the 20 punts out of, out of like 45 punters in the NFL. So he is, you know, bottom 5% tile uh, punters in the NFL. And again, that, that final punt was critical to just get them inside the 15 and he was unable to do that. So 5% to Ryan Wright. 5% to Andrew's favorite, but my least favorite defensive back, Byron Murphy Jr. Um, uh, obviously, a lot of screen passes to DJ Moore, but that was probably the number one guy that Murphy was on throughout the game. Um, and DJ Moore put up 11 receptions for 114 yards. Again, not all of those yards and receptions were on Byron Murphy. But the biggest one came on third and 10 for the 30 plus yard completion. I looked back at the film. It was a mix of zone and man. Murphy was near DJ Moore, at least close enough to keep him, you know, within reach. And Byron Murphy was the one to get beat in his area, whether it, again, whether it was strictly zone or strictly man, you, you need to make that play on third and 10. Um, you know, there's a lot of good things that the defense did. There were some positives that Byron Murphy did as well, which is why he's only getting 5%, but on a third and 10 must stop play. They went to the guy who, you know, was their number one receiver all day, most targets and Byron Murphy got cooked. Yep. So 5% to Byron Murphy jr. Um, 5% to Jordan Addison. Because I think similar reasons to what Hayes said, you know, it was a bad thrown ball by Dobbs on the sidelines, but you have to have a little bit better awareness. Um, you know, one of the picks was off at it was high, but it was off Addison's hand slash helmet that ricocheted into a, a D back of the bears. Um I think the throw by Dobbs on the very first play of the game offensively wasn't a terrible throw. I know you were saying Addison kind of allowed it to not be an interception, but Addison also came all the way down to the ground with the ball in his hands and like, you know, top 10 or top tier receivers are holding that ball and that's mm -hmm. whatever a 40, 50 yard completion. So I think there were plays and uh, you know, the challenge that the bears made uh, that didn't win was an Addison almost drop that shouldn't have even been close, you know? So I th there were multiple times where Addison should have just, he, he made life much more difficult for himself than he should have. Um, and again, he's a rookie. I think he's done a lot of good. Um, I think he also had, you know, some, some good catches and some good plays last night as well, but there were 
you know, some pieces offensively that, that he needed to make plays that he did not make, okay. um, which is why I'm saying 5%. Now the, the heavier chunks, cause that's three guys right there and only 15%. I got another 85% here, 20% to Kevin O'Connell, not 50, but a good, you know, much more than the other three guys, that final play, uh, that final offensive drive was embarrassing. Um, the, no mobility opportunities for Joshua Dobbs. Um, you knew the Bears were going to bring pressure because that's what the Broncos did against us last week, and they saw success. The Bears also were out one of their starting defensive, uh, one of their starting cornerbacks. So you knew they weren't going to line up man to man with Addison and Kate and a healthy KJ and a fast Powell. And you knew they were going to bring pressure and Kevin O'Connell did not prepare for that. and did not create more like, you know, quick passes or um, just, just, yeah, more. you did too many play actions in which they were bringing pressure and you hardly were running the football. So I I don't think it was a well-coached game offensively by Kevin O'Connell. Um, that last drive again was embarrassing and yeah, you, you, you played down to a terrible bears team at home on prime time, um, which is why I think you get, why, why he gets 20% of blame offensive line also 25% or, or 25% of blame, a quarter of blame to the offensive line because this bears defense was coming in as one of the worst pass rushing defenses in the entire NFL. And there are 20 pressures, three sacks, six hits and 11 hurries um, against Joshua Dobbs. And yeah, maybe he held the ball at times longer than he should have, but there were also times where like the blitz was coming and there was no pickup. I multiple times, Brian O'Neill got destroyed. Um, I, I thought the offensive line looked weak last week against the Broncos. I didn't think they looked any better this week against the bears. Um, and yeah, you, you need to just, you need to give a cleaner pocket for, for Dobbs so he can make big plays. Cause he need, he needs as much help as he can get. And the offensive line did not give him that at all. Last yesterday against the bears. Um, last but not least, my big chunk, 40% to Joshua Dobbs. Four interceptions is inexcusable. Um, there were multiple times where, again, balls were either underthrown. That first pick uh, was, I mean, Addison was wide open. Kirk makes that throw easy peasy, mm-hmm. nine times out of 10. The fourth and seven ball was uh, to TJ Hawkinson that went for six underthrown some people were saying that was Hawkinson's fault no I think the ball was was behind him Hawkinson did what everything he possibly could to pick up that extra yardage but it was a bad bad throw uh thrown ball in a must needed fourth down conversion um and then yeah some of the balls were batted uh that ended up in picks but Hayes mentioned it earlier he had some dropped picks there was the, I think it was a third and short that should have been a pick six that was dropped. Uh, the last pick literally was just thrown up in the air. It looked like it was sideways and the ball was just fluttering. And it was after you've thrown three picks, you just take the sack at that point. You're not going to make any magic play that you are expecting. Um, and yeah, I mean, he maybe had two or three well-thrown balls 
all day long. And um, that's terrible offensively. And, and, and um, yeah, so 40% of blame to Joshua Dobbs for the four interceptions and the many underthrown balls. Mm-hmm. So that is my pie chart of blame. I like it. Thanks. Yeah, decent. I do too. I think it was the best one that we'll hear. So Andrew, you can go, go for it. All right. I'll start with the uh, large portion. 60% goes to the alopecia Joshua Dobbs. Um, Will Smith's husband couldn't complete a pass. And I personally can't stand watching him anymore. Um, I think he's like a mobile quarterback that wants to be a pocket passer. And I don't think he understands that his best assets, his legs. When he didn't know the offense, he was 10 times better because he would just run. Um, and now he just can't do anything. Four interceptions, multiple other interception-worthy plays. Um, just the, yeah, like Hayes said, the two-week run was fun, but now it's time to, if you actually want to try to make the playoffs, you got to do Mullins or Hall. Um, so, yeah, 60% goes to the guy that couldn't run the offense. Um, and then 25% goes to the offensive line who have had back-to-back weeks where it's been pretty bad. And I know we've seen a lot more blitzes. Um, but yeah, Brian O'Neill, I thought played really bad. Ingram got blown up, like you guys mentioned. Um, and they were, they had a very long stretch of a lot of good games. And I think it's kind of been coming to a close, unfortunately. I think the run game is honestly getting better and the pass protections got worse, which is, uh, it's it's just confusing. Why can't we just have a full season of a, you know, uh, a player or, or I don't know what word I'm looking for unit um, to just be consistent for an entire year. Why, why is it that we started bad middle, middle months looked really, really good. And then now we're, yeah. Um, resorting back to pretty bad um, pass protection, but mm-hmm. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. It's just, it's frustrating. Yeah. It's very annoying. Um, 5% goes to my glorious King, Kevin O'Connell. My spicy bite was five percent. My spicy bite was spicy for a reason. Um, yes, five percent because I think O'Connell is doing everything he can with uh one of the worst uh personnels in the league right now. You five percent. Yes, he did. Huh? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, he drew up some plays that should have worked, but Josh Jobs can't throw the football. He um, did not. And you have receivers that can't catch the football. I think uh, another big mistake was not getting Brandon Powell, who's probably the best wide receiver on the team right now, more involved. Um, I think- you, and, you and Sean can go hang out because Sean was demanding more Brandon Powell as well last night. Oh. He was a Bears fan. He is, but he said he's a Brandon Powell fan first. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I would say the same. Um no, but I think Powell is quite good, and I would like to see him more involved. Um, but, yeah, obviously O'Connell's not best game that he coached, but I also don't think you can put 50%. No, if, no way. That's just outrageous and insane and lunatic. Um, <laughs> but that's 90% of the blame so far. Um, so 5% goes to Jordan Addison, who had um, – Obviously, the drop, that was a pick, the other drop, uh, or a couple other drops. And I think, yeah, he should have caught that ball. 
it should have been a better throw. It should have been a touchdown, to be honest. Um, but yeah, any other receiver, or not any other, but Justin Jefferson's making that catch. So we desperately need him back, um, which we activated him. Yeah, I was going to say, he should be good to go in two weeks. Which is nice. Um, but yeah, Addison definitely underperformed last night, and I don't think Dobbs helped him much at all. Like you said, Harrison, that first interception should have been uh, Kirk Cousins would have made that pass because... Easy, nine times out of ten. No zip on that ball. Um, and then, yeah, 5% to Ryan Wright, who is just uh lazy um and doesn't really do anything good for the team i haven't seen one thing he's done for the team that's good this year nope not this year and now unfortunately we will never ever hear the end of hayes and hayes, you do have to move on from that last year <laughs> middle of the season he was top 10 Hayes, last year go go back listen to that episode and and hear why we said he was a top 10 Viking at that point. Cause I distinctly remember he was putting the Vikings in position. Um, Cause again, our, our defense was horrible and gave up a whole bunch of yards. So by him putting teams deep, allow in- the defense to give up more yards. The defense sucked anyway. They, if, he, if he was a terrible punter, they, you know, the defense is going to give up a touchdown. Even if he pinned them back at the two yard line, the defense would give up a 98 yard drive. So Ryan Wright will not be the puncher next year for the Vikings. He is a bum. He is a clown. I wouldn't even say he's a top thousand player in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. I don't. I haven't ever thought about. Hmm. I wonder if okay, nine hundred ninety nine more better than him. Yeah. I couldn't what? do that off the top of my head. So Andrew, I think you had the same list of uh. People to blame just different percentages as Hayes. Yeah, 5% um, to O'Connell. That makes a lot of sense. And his offense was great last night. It sounds like we just have to meet in the middle and give 20% to Kevin O'Connell, like I said, because I would say 5% is very low and 50% is absurd. 50% is not. <laughs> it is. It is. He, had a, he had a quarterback that couldn't throw the football. Who, who 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 is teaching the quarterback the entire week? Wow, one week. But there there is only so much you can coach and prepare, and at some point it does come down to the players. Oh, believe me, the coach of Kevin O'Connell knows that. <laughs> what? I don't know. Um, People who coach Kevin O'Connell know there's only so much you can teach oh. a player, and he will always still be a bum. Yeah, Kevin O'Connell wasn't a very good uh, NFL player, but I think he is a pretty good coach. And I I don't think on paper right. currently this team has six wins, and he has given this team six wins. You are right. He is a pretty good coach. The Vikings are a pretty good team. The Vikings are pretty impressive for going 9-8 and eight every year. The Wolves are pretty happy that the Vikings are always pretty good. The Vikings are always pretty average. The Vikings are always going to be in the middle just of a mute. pretty bad NFC. Yeah, that's right. Actually, I do have the power. I can just mute them, and then we can, yeah. Skull Vikings, screw me every week. Skull Vikings, they are a joke. They can't you get a just said week. No, you could have no week with week. Kevin O'Connell is super bad. Skull Vikings, they All suck. right, we hear you, Hayes. <laughs> Listening to Dad to hear that one more time. He wasn't liking me singing that last night. Oh, this is a new thing. 
I thought you just came up with that right now here and there. I was like, oh, that's kind of impressive. But to hear that you've had now 24 hours of practice is a little less impressive. Um, okay, good breakdown here. This is a nice, long debrief episode. Um, we any any other final things we want to say? I was looking back at the predictions. No one really got anything right. Uh, I did. I got the new launcher. You said three plus sacks and tackle for losses. What is what was her fine? What was his final numbers? He had one and a half sacks and two tackles for loss. Oh, all right, good job, Hayes. So that definitely hits. Um, technically, do we count Dad's prediction? He said uh, Anthony Barr would have a turning point play. He recovered the forced fumble oh, that Metellus uh, caused. I would say yes, that counts. Oh, that's tough. I think I'm sorry. I think I got to go with no on this one, I think. Andrew, you're the deciding factor. <laughs> uh, no, no. Oh, sorry, Dad. I, I said it would count as a turning point play, but uh, it's two to one, so there's nothing we can do about it. Um, he's gonna be so mad. <laughs> um, yeah. and we all predicted a Vikings win, not even close. Let's end on a positive note here. Positive is Dobbs is so bad, they're gonna have to start someone else. He is always, always providing us with a nice backhanded positive. Uh, I hope it's Hall. I think Hall would give you the best chance to, to win. Be fun to see. Please not Nick Mullins. Please. The guy no, with seven touchdowns and 25 interceptions in his career. Please. No. My goodness. No, Sean Mannion's not even on the practice squad anymore. So. I know. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. I think it's going to be Hall against uh, Las Vegas. Hey, it'll, it'll make for uh, yeah an interesting pregame episode in a couple weeks here. Uh, once we sign off here, we should maybe find a time to do a, I was telling Hayes earlier, a mid-season um, episode during the bye week where we kind of grade the the first 12 weeks and also do a top 10 uh, players. We can do top five, bottom five. We can discuss offline what we want to do. But this is Meet at the Quarterback, a Minnesota Vikings podcast. My name is Harrison. I'm Hayes. I'm Andrew. And Skull Vikes, baby.